Today on The Daily Charge, YouTube stops targeted ads towards kids, cutting the cord for good with 5G, and the name of the next Android operating system is... Good morning and welcome to CNET's Daily Charge. It's Thursday, August 22nd. I'm Claire Riley. And I'm Eli Blumenthal. Let's get to today's main story. It's official, Android Q has a name, but forget your sweet tooth, after Marshmallow, Nougat, Oreo and Pie, the next generation of Android will simply be called Android 10. Google's head of Android, Samir Samat, said it's important for the names to be, quote, clear and relatable for everyone in the world. Now, the operating system is set to launch in the coming weeks, there's no firm date yet, and it'll bring support for things like foldable screens, gesture navigation, and new privacy features like more granular location controls. Now, what do you reckon, Eli? Do you think it's, quote, simpler and more intuitive, as Google says, or has the company lost its sense of fun? It's definitely simpler from finding a dessert with a Q name. Yeah. I, I can't really think of one. I don't know if you can. I put the challenge out to our audience. If you can think of a Q <laughs> dessert or sweet, I was deep in the bowels of the internet today trying to find something. Yeah, so from that, it, it doesn't really make sense for them to go with the dessert name again. I guess they could do quesadilla, which I guess could technically... <laughs> you could depend. get a chocolate quesadilla. I'd be down for that. Yeah, so I guess that would have worked. Yeah, it's Maybe sort Nestle of, Quick. We were talking with some colleagues yeah. if they wanted to go with another partnership. Yeah, well, they with, did the Kit Kat and they did the Oreo kind of cross-branding which promotional is good stuff. Because then, you know, when you get to S, you can have a Android Snickers. Oh, absolutely. Which would, which would be great. Yeah, I'm not a fan of peanuts. Uh, so. But yeah, it, it, otherwise, apparently there are some issues with languages. Uh, LNR, uh, Samir Samat writes in his blog post, were indistinguishable in certain languages. So that was some confusion for people. Obviously, the Q dessert name probably played a role, mm. I, I would imagine. Um as for the sense of fun, yeah, it's, it seems like there's a little bit of the whimsy is gone from yeah. Google now. I think it's sort of one of those logical progressions that you kind of, we've seen all of the the brands go towards just numbered operating systems. Google was always that kind of, <laughs> we're fun, we've got our little Android robot and we're, we're really cool. Also, the logo is changing a bit, but I guess it does make sense. Um, I, I'm a bit sad. Part of, part of me has died today. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted I was I was living in hope. I think it's also interesting now that um we have iPhone had the iPhone 10 which was an X and now Android Q is pronounced Android 10. So I feel like words don't mean anything and language is dead. <laughs> uh that's that's definitely fair and yeah. to your point on the number 10, I mean you now have Windows 10, Android 10, Mac OS 10. Mm. Lots of 10s when it comes to software and technology. We've also got a couple of devices out there that are 10. Right, so. the Huawei Mate 10, that foldable mm-hmm. phone, also with an X. Yep, we've got Galaxy the Note 10, Note S10. 10, S10. I feel like maybe we're just going to reach a stage where what happens when we get into the 11sies? Uh, that'd be a great question, possibly for Apple in a few weeks. Yeah, we'll see. If, we'll if, see. If September they ever do is. Then. September is going to change all of our worlds. All right. Also in the news today, if you're tired of dealing with your cable company, 5G could let you cut ties with them for good. The next generation of wireless technology is coming out and it's rolling out across the world, but it's already being touted as a possible replacement for traditional home broadband. The real question is, will 5G hold up to household use and are you going to pay for it through the nose? That's the most important question. Now, Eli, you've been playing around with 5G at home as a kind of a replacement for your home broadband. What's your verdict? It Well, I've been using an early version of Sprint's 5G network, which isn't officially live in New York, but you can find it in certain spots. If you know the right guys. 
if you, well, they sell the devices all across the country, but in certain areas, as they get ready to turn it on, they already are testing it, so you can hop on to that network uh, in advance. And where I live, there happens to be 5G. And it works really well as mm-hmm. home broadband. Uh, there's still a lot of kinks that need to be worked out. Uh, I had some issues with Xbox and Netflix on certain devices, uh, but speeds were generally between 100 to 200 megabits per second, which is on par with what a lot of people get at home. Mm-hmm. It's actually, I think, a little bit faster than the national average last year from, I believe it was Ookla, mm-hmm. the guys who do speed test. Uh, so as far as playing games on Xbox or streaming 4K Netflix, browsing the web, all the things you use the internet for, it was perfectly fine. The real question I think is going to be, what would your data allowance be and how quickly are you going to burn through that data allowance? Because I was reading your story this morning, you had a great feature up on CNET about it, and talking about streaming a show in 4K, for example, to your TV suddenly you're burning through that data reasonably quickly. And if you don't have the data cap to match it, it doesn't matter what your speeds are. If you're, if you're burning through and then you get kind of, uh, if you get tapered on your speeds, that's going to be where people get annoyed. And that's a great point because I was watching a 16-minute episode of Comedians in Cars getting coffee on Netflix, mm-hmm. the Jerry Seinfeld show. In 4K, streaming over 5G, 16 minutes, 2.2 gigabytes, mm-hmm. which for your home broadband where you generally don't have data caps, that's not a big deal. It doesn't yeah. really matter. But Verizon and Sprint, who are the two uh, carriers who are publicly selling uh, hotspots that work with 5G networks, AT&T has one too, but AT&T isn't letting any consumers on their network yet. Um, you know, if you're going to do that, having a data cap for Verizon's case of 50 gigs or in Sprint's mm. case 100 gigs, you're going to hit that pretty quickly if you're watching a lot of Netflix in 4K. Yeah, it changes a lot. All right, we'll have to talk to uh, the audience. I'm keen to hear what you think about whether you'd cut ties with your cable company, whether that'd be a good thing. But finally, I want to get to our last story. Won't somebody think of the children? YouTube is reportedly going to stop, quote, targeted ads on videos aimed at kids. That's according to Bloomberg. This follows an investigation by the Federal Trade Commission in the US into whether YouTube's ads violated the privacy of children on the platform. Now, YouTube has come under fire in the past for the way some content is served to kids on its platform. Do you think this change to ads was inevitable? Definitely. YouTube has, I mean, the the troubles that YouTube has had, especially of late, are very well known and well documented. We've been covering it intensely. It's, It's a rabbit hole for conspiracy theories, all kinds of doctored videos and, and a whole host of, of messes, really, mm. for them to finally take a stand, it's actually kind of encouraging. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of work to do, but I, you know, give them kudos for at least doing maybe one thing right now. Getting the ball rolling and probably trying to get out in front of the regulators, you know, who were potentially going to clamp down with some tough rules. Maybe they wanted to get in front and be showing to be doing something. I think the thing with uh, YouTube is it's all about that recommendation algorithm and so therefore also how ads are targeted through essentially just a lot of pulling of data and automatically selecting ads to serve to you. I think that the issue around this was that uh, ads that are served based on how you browse the internet, what you're doing elsewhere online, uh, they were considered, if you're tracking that information about kids and they're under the age of 13, that's against the COPPA Act, the Children's Online Privacy Act. So that's the problem. It's not that, okay, this ad is for kids, so therefore we'll just match it with an ad for, sorry, this is a YouTube video for toys, so we'll match it with an ad for toys. It was much more kind of granular and detailed. So I think it's a good move. I think their recommendations and how all that stuff is happening automatically on YouTube, that's where the problem's Right, the, the algorithm is definitely seems to be the issue. Yeah. And people who have 
figured out ways to game that system and get millions of views and influence millions of people because of it. Yeah, we and that's, saw it. that's still the root issue, and that's something that they still need to address in a mm. pretty big way and pretty quickly. Yeah, I think um, especially when you're talking about kids on YouTube, obviously you've got the YouTube Kids app, which ideally Google wants everyone to kind of just put their content on there, but they had the whole scandal with Elsagate, the weird Disney character videos. It was a little off-brand, quite terrifying. Um, I think they really, you know, one, need to watch it. Also, maybe parents need to stop using YouTube as a babysitter. That's uh... That is definitely another <laughs> alternative here and one that should also be considered. Definitely. For The Daily Charge, I am Claire Riley. I'm Eli Blumenthal. Thank you so much for watching. <laughs>